I would always try to push it off to her going back to my mom's house to get her nails done again because I didn't have anything. But I thought to myself, too, I'm like, well, I played basketball growing up, so I didn't really wear nail polish um, because, you know, sports. And then I also never really saw the color shown on brown hands, like in any type of marketing. And so growing up, I'm just like, you know, whatever. I guess it's not for me or I don't really have the time and money as a young girl trying to figure out what is going to look nice on me. So I just didn't wear it. So her interest kind of re-sparked my interest in nail polish. And um, like I said, I've always had business ideas. I've always been doing something. And so when I thought of nail polish, it wasn't like, oh, let me just go buy some for her. I was like, but if somebody starts a nail polish business, let me do that. Over the past several months, I've been taking a really critical look at marketing and advertising. During my deep dives, I came across Jacqueline Carrington's Instagram page and her company, People of Color Beauty. Welcome to The Safe Haven, a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life. After several years in the hotel industry, Jackie and her husband made some big life changes and began growing their family. Along with many changes in location and jobs, Jackie took on a whole new role as an entrepreneur and started up a nail polish company. In this episode, Jackie shares her stories and the ideas behind People of Color Beauty, as well as how she finds time for herself in order to maintain the best version of herself under the many hats that she wears. Let's start with where Jackie went to school. I went to school at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, AKA UNLV, um, and I studied hotel management there. So I lived there for four years and it was kind of crazy because I lived in Las Vegas, but I didn't really do Las Vegas because Mm -hmm. I was not of age. And um, so I got to experience the regular Las Vegas city life while living there. Yeah, I think I think Vegas. That's why even when you said Vegas, I was like, Vegas, what? Because I think Vegas is just so promoted as what the strip is, right? And I've Mm -hmm. been twice and I've only ever really seen the strip and old Vegas. So I don't really know what living outside of the strip would be like. But anytime you're on the strip of Vegas, it's like, I don't know how people live here, but obviously it's not just that. Right, exactly. Like all your normal grocery stores, shopping plazas, parks, mm-hmm. um, malls, you name it, it's there. So mm-hmm. there's, there's regular living. Um, a lot of times the people that live there rarely even go to the strip. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, I don't know, anywhere you live, like say New York City, for example, mm-hmm. you're not going to the Statue of Liberty every day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So same for Las Vegas, the people that live there kind of just do their normal Mm -hmm. day to day living. And the strip is for, you know, when you have friends or family in town, and you just need to entertain them go there. Or like just leave it for the tourists. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like let's go roam around. (laughs) There's got to be such a weave in hotel management to where you're doing beauty products now I mean I'm trying to connect these dots here so fill me in like what happened between that and did you ever get into a job in the hotel industry between then and now yes definitely so I worked in the hotel industry for about six years Mm 
um, while I was in college and then six years after college. From that, I transitioned into property management. So I've always had an interest in real estate and I always had, of course, an interest in like hospitality. Mm -hmm. So I thought that my job, whatever it was going to be, was going to be some type of mix between travel and real estate. I just really didn't know what it was going to be. And I've always been an entrepreneur. So I've always like had a business idea, was trying a business idea, like always selling something, it seemed. Um, and so at the time in college, I was actually like a travel agent where you can sign up and be your own travel agent <laughs> yeah. kind of before media and stuff came around. Um, and so I was doing that for a little bit. And then after college, I was working in the hotel industry. And when I transitioned into property management, it was because I had this interest in real estate and I was wanting to buy real estate for myself. So I said, you know, I might as well learn, like, what the heck is real estate? Like, let me get into this. And so I worked as a property manager of apartment complexes for six years after that. Um, like, nothing in beauty. Like, absolutely no. nothing in beauty. <laughs> I played basketball growing up. Um, and so I didn't wear nail polish. I didn't wear um, makeup. I'm, it's pretty much the same today. Like, nothing's on my face. Yeah. Um, I wear like my lip gloss and that's it. And so from there, when I was working in the property management industry, we were living in Connecticut at the time. And then we moved back to California. I grew up in Southern California. Mm. And so I finally convinced my husband after like 10 years of us being together to like, let's get back to California. Um, and so we moved back out here in 2016, August 2016, actually. So, oh my gosh, it's like four years already. Mm -hmm. Wow, time flew. Yeah. Um, and since then, we have three kids and now a business, like a beauty business. And I'm just like, looking back, I'm like, how did I even, like, what happened? So you've established people of color beauty with mm -hmm. three kids. Yes. Yes. That's a lot. Like, congratulations, <laughs> because just even just yes. having three kids in the four years is significant. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yep. My daughter was born in 2015. And then when we moved out here, she was only like almost one. Um, and then the two others came along while we were out here already. Yeah. And she, my daughter, my oldest daughter, her name is Monroe. She was actually kind of the inspiration behind the business. Because at the time, like February 2019, she started having interest in nail polish. She was three at the time. And my, her and my son would always go to my mom's house. And when they came home, like after spending the night, my daughter would always have her nails painted. And I'm like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, pretty nails. But I didn't have anything at home to like, I didn't have any nail polish remover. I didn't have anything to repaint them. I really just have my nail clippers and a nail file. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. I would always try to push it off to her going back to my mom's house to get her nails done again because I didn't have anything. Mm -hmm. But I thought to myself too, I'm like, well, I played basketball growing up, so I didn't really wear nail polish um, because, you know, sports. And then I also never really saw the color shown on brown hands, like in any type of marketing. And so growing up, I'm just like, you know, whatever, I guess it's not for me, or I don't really have the time and money 
as a young girl trying to figure out what is going to look nice on me. So I just didn't wear it. So her interest kind of re-sparked my interest in nail polish. And um, like I said, I've always had business ideas. I've always been doing something. And so when I thought of nail polish, it wasn't like, oh, let me just go buy some for her. I was like, but if somebody starts a nail polish business, let me do that. So Monroe was kind of the inspiration behind the idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so how do you get going? I mean, how do you start a nail polish business? I know that was the crazy part. I had really no idea. So I hopped on our good old pal Google. Yeah. <laughs> like how to start a nail polish business. I knew I didn't want to make the nail polish, like, hey, I make it myself. I just had absolutely not the time to do that with the kids. I was working, you know, a regular job still. Um, I just had no interest in hand making it. So I'm like, you know, nail polish manufacturers and like in the U.S. and all over the world. And I just started kind of getting my brand together, like what I wanted my brand to stand for, what kind of quality products I wanted to have. And so as I was able to think more on those things, it kind of helped me narrow down who I wanted to work with regard to manufacturing. And so I got, of course, samples from different people and just tested the quality, tested the colors, like just made sure that was going to be a good working partnership. And so that's kind of how I got started with selecting. And then because I've had other businesses before, I already knew like, I need to get my logo. I need to make a website. I got to have my social media. So I was already kind of working on those things in the background when we first launched. And so it was just kind of waiting until the nail polish got here from the colors that we initially launched with to be like, hey, we're open for business. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty quick journey. I want to say we ha- I had the idea in February of last year and then we launched in May. And I started with someone, I shared the idea with someone. And after kind of we finalized our logo, picked out colors and the names, um, that person helped start the social media and I was working on the website. And then shortly after that, they backed out. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just, okay, like it was my idea, but I kind of was wanting to have like a tag along partner mm-hmm. to do everything with, cause it's scary just to do something you know, just a business on your own. And because we had already paid for the product, um, I had to give that person their half of the money back. And then I was just like, all right, I guess it's just me. And I got to venture out and do this Mm -hmm. thing. That's kind of what happened at the beginning. It It was a little crazy. What's the biggest lesson that you learned through that process? Um, I want to say the biggest lesson that I learned was I'm a believer in God. And so I felt that he gave the idea to me and it it was always his intent for me to do it by myself. But I guess just my internal fear or just always wanting to kind of have that tag along somebody with me doing it. You know, I shared the idea, not that it was a bad person to share it with um, because they, you know, we work well together for the short time that was happening. But it was kind of like a reminder, like, I didn't give you this idea. Like, this is your idea for you to do what what I planned for this idea, not for you to, you know, bring on all these people to help you start it. 
like you, I gave the vision to you and I want you to make the vision happen. Mm -hmm. And then as you grow, then, you know, I'll send the people and the team that you're supposed to build after the fact. I think that's amazing. Have you had any super challenging experiences navigating entrepreneurship in the people of color community? Um, yes, the biggest, I want to say at first, my biggest kind of challenge was I chose the name people of color for two reasons. To me, it has a dual meaning. And so as I shared when I was younger, I didn't see nail polishes shown on brown hands like at all. Mm -hmm. And so I look at my own family and I'm, I'm black. And so I look at my own family and I'm like, there's just so many shades of brown skin, even in just my family. And I thought about brown people all over the world. And I'm just like, there's just so many shades of brown skin, mm -hmm. like all over the world. Yeah. Um, so I said, what if somebody made a nail polish brand called people of color that would celebrate the various shades of skin and the ethnicities that encompass people of color, but it would also mean people of color because we live and love in a world of color too. And so that's where I kind of got the nail, the slogan from nail polish for people of color and those who live in color, because it's like, you know, it's still for everybody, but I pick out the colors because I, I want to show and showcase them and pick them out to look good on various brown skin tones because I didn't have that growing up. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want my daughter to experience the same thing um, because even today I look at the bigger nail polish brands and I'm just like, I don't see any brown hands till this day. That's and right. it's like 30 years later, what the heck? Um, and so I'm like, yeah, no, that's not gonna work for me. And so that's kind of where I got that, um, that idea for the name. And so the challenging part was again that internal fear like oh you know are people gonna think i'm racist or they're gonna say oh it's only for people of color and we don't want to support it or just all of these external things that hadn't even happened mm -hmm. <laughs> just like boggling down on oh well how am i gonna explain the brand blah 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 am i gonna have to do that every single time and that actually hasn't been the case. Like I say the slogan and it's like, either you get it or you don't. That's right. <laughs> like it's really simple. Um, but that was a challenge at first was again, those initial kind of fears of the name and then the person backing out and having to forge on my own. But once I kind of got rolling, it, it hasn't been smooth sailing. I won't say that, but it's been a good learning experience kind of each little step of the way. Mm -hmm. When you were saying that just even navigating, explaining the brand, I can imagine that something like that, when you're going over it in your own head, it kind of takes practice, right? To just communicate it the way that you really want it to from the heart. Right. Has anyone ever thrown back those things that you were super fearful of? Um, not really. I mean, the people who might say, I've never had anyone outright say like, oh, this is racist. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll say like, oh, you know, I'm a Caucasian woman. Does that mean that I, that I can't buy your polishes? I just want to make sure that, you know, that it's okay. And I'm like, why do you have to ask me that? Like, you don't have to ask me that. It's nail polish. If you like the color, you buy it. Yeah. But 
in a nice way I say that, but I also kind of explain again why it's called that. And I just reemphasize that um, we curate the colors to complement the various shades of brown skin as a first thought and not as an afterthought. And so when they hear that, they're like, okay, you know, I understand colors are for everyone, but you're just wanting to showcase them on underrepresented skin tones. And I'm like, you got it. Exactly. <laughs> like, yay. So beautiful. <laughs> so yes, um, it's kind of like semi-educational, um, but for the most part, I don't really get a lot of pushback because people are receptive to the visual aspects that they see when they encounter my brand, either on social media or through the website. I think um, over time I've learned how to portray like the image I wanna portray. And so, although you see lots of various shades of brown skin, it's not, you don't only just see brown hands. Like mm -hmm. I have white customers, I have customers from all skin tones and we show that on our social media and on our website. So. Nobody should really say that they feel left out mm -hmm. because I can scroll through myself and be like, uh, no, you're not. Here you go. Yeah. See? <laughs> Representation for everyone. Yeah. Right. Exactly. When you are talking about just beauty in general, mm -hmm. it sounds like the idea has started. I feel like there's a lot of expansion coming with this brand. Or do you right. just see it with nail polish? Because I feel like with such a beautiful new idea and the way that you're talking about beauty, mm -hmm. do you have goals to expand your vision? I want to say the long-term answer is yes. Um, but the, the right now answer is no, because I don't know what that looks like mm -hmm. right now. I don't want to be like, yeah, people of color, we're going to come out with this and that and this yeah. and that and then it may never happen because either it's not a good fit or I just don't like you said um have a passion for it mm -hmm. and so nail polish right now is my main focus because no one's really doing it how we are even though there's other black owned brands and other brands owned by other women of color just my goal with the brand was really just to celebrate all people of color, just like, just a whole brand mm -hmm. <laughs> for us, the nail polish. And it's a concept that, yes, can expand to other aspects of beauty. But because nothing kind of is tugging at me right now, I'm not like, yeah, you know, maybe after this kind of gets rolling, we'll launch this. I'm just like, all right, what other cool collections can we come out yeah. with for our nail polish and themes? Um, so yes, in the long term, but no, in the immediate term. I can imagine that your journey as a mother too is going to help you with so many avenues for inspiration. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I have two daughters now, so it's going to be fun to see like my, um, oldest daughter Monroe, she's a mix. She's kind of like a mix of me. Like she's girly, but she likes to run around. She likes sports. She likes dance. Mm. Um, kind of like me, like I'm a girly girl, but I played basketball. So it's like, if I'm sweating and stuff and dirty, I'm not like, Oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. I can't, I can't live. Like yeah. it's like, whatever. <laughs> and so I'm, and then my youngest daughter, Jada, she's the baby. Um, it'll be interesting to see like how her personality comes. Cause mm -hmm. yeah, I'll probably pull like different things that they're either interested in 
or I'll start to like, as I pour into them, like you are beautiful, your hair is beautiful, your skin is beautiful. Um, those types of things kind of helped me reminisce on growing up. Like, is, I'm trying to like think like if there was anything missing that maybe I skipped out on or anything that I don't want them to feel not appreciated or valued. Those are the types of things that kind of inspire my ideas now. Mm-hmm. How do you find balance? I can imagine with three kids at home and running your own business. Right. And obviously there's this mega underscore called COVID-19 going on in the world right now, right? Yes. How are you finding balance and how are you finding time for yourself through this? Yes, definitely. Um, I've learned that was one of my other big lessons um, now that you asked this question <laughs> is mm. that there is no such thing as balance. I learned that quick, fast, and in a hurry. At the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm Jackie or Jacqueline as the person. I'm Jackie the wife. I'm mommy the mom. I'm the daughter. I'm a sister. Like, I'm all these things as one person. And it's like, how can you ever balance all of that? There is no balance because it's too much for any one person to be able to, to do. And so that was my hardest part was learning that I can't be everything to everybody all the time, um, including myself. And so I was like, it's just going to be a matter of priority, just whatever I could get done that day. Like I make my little to-do list and if I get it done, of course, I'm super happy. But if there's one or two things that are carried over to the next day, like don't beat myself up mm -hmm. about it. And I used to because it was just like, man, now I got to do these two things plus all of this on this list. Yeah. And then the list changes every day because there's kids and there's mm -hmm. a business, there's this and there's that. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. Trying to basically trying to be everything to everybody all the time. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. So prioritization over balance and then just erase balance because there's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. You wear a lot of hats. Yes, yes. And not just myself, anybody. Mm -hmm. Work, school, family, friends. Like yeah. there's no way that you can do all of that as one person all the time. So do you have any personal practices that you implement into your day-to-day -day or into a routine that just help you at least feel your best in that? Yes, yes. Um, so I started and I, I got off the wagon for a while, but finally I'm back to like my daily Bible studies or nightly Bible studies. Yeah. I take time to um, kind of refill my spiritual needs. And then for my physical, like just me, me, I started exercising every day, um, 20 to 30 minutes. Um, a friend of mine started a workout challenge. It was like 100 days in a row you had to do a workout. And I was like, good luck to you, friend, because uh, with these kids and the business and everything, I'm like, there's no way, uh -huh. no way I'm going to be able to work out 100 days in a row. But when she started and I saw her like kind of keeping on it, I was like, all right, fine, I'm gonna try it too. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am day 50. Today is day 59. Good for you of doing a workout, like just 20 to 30 minutes, nothing extravagant. But especially when you think that you yeah. can't do it and then to be well over halfway now. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, that's a, that's like 20 minutes in the morning. And then like about an hour to sometimes two hours at night, depending on the day. Yeah. Um, I'll do my Bible study and then just like catch up on other business stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
but that's kind of like my me time. It's maybe like two hours a day, but broken up. <laughs> it's so important. It's still, yeah, it's very mm-hmm. important. Otherwise, just you'll get burnt out too fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> burnout is real. I feel like, and I love that you just said burnout because I think that there's a lot of people that will just keep going and try their best to work through it. And it just right. accelerates the rate of, of which yeah. they burn out, right? Or they think that they can take on more than they actually can without really checking in with themselves. Right, exactly. And that's when I that's when I most learned about the balance versus priorities because I was just like trying to actually balance everything is mm-hmm. what causes burnout because when you realize there is no such thing as actually balancing, Mm. (laughs) you know, a busy day-to-day life, no matter what you're doing, um, it kind of relieves that stress off of you because you don't beat yourself up of, oh, I didn't get this done today. Or, oh, you know, I was supposed to, I don't know, go on a date with my husband, but I was tired and I just wanted to go to sleep right now. Like can't beat yourself up (laughs) on every little thing because you get burnt out and then for some people may turn into depression and other things and it's just not healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. With your business, with people of Mm -hmm. color beauty, how do you set goals and how often do you check back in with your goals? Yes, I have. Thankfully my help, my little planner, I was actually just looking at it, like glancing as you were, (laughs) as you said, but, um, it's a weekly monthly planner and it has actually a section for like monthly goals to do this month. And then it breaks out into the weeks. And so at the beginning of each month, or I try, but like one or two days before the start of the month, I'll try to sit down and write out my goals for that coming month. Um, some months, some zoom by and I forget actually to flip back and be like, what the heck was I supposed Mm -hmm. to do? Yeah. Um, um, but I try when I remember, I try to do like a mid-month check-in and then like the end of the month. For me, every week is too often to for me to check in on like my whole month goals because, you know, stuff may not have happened yet. Yeah. And again, I don't want to beat myself up mm-hmm. about it. But um, I do like, yeah, like a mid-month check-in, like flip back to that first page yeah. of the month and like oh yeah and then sometimes I'll I'll forget what I wrote because <laughs> then you've achieved it that's the best part because it's like in your mind right it's been in your subconscious mind there for the last couple of weeks you're like yeah I got it I know it's like oh snap I did it yeah <laughs> the, there's yeah, the power of the spoken and the written word it's like once it's on paper it just makes yeah. it more I don't know real not even realistic it's almost like it makes it more guaranteed if that makes sense yeah yes in a sense yes I feel like some people will write out stuff like on their phone or on the computer and I get it it's still like taking it out of your brain and putting it where but when I actually take the time to like hand write it myself Mm -hmm. it's almost like I'm being accountable to myself like I have to answer to myself now like I wrote this yeah and you didn't do it what so yeah 
It's like it's holding you accountable to showing up for yourself. And so often that's hard to do. Yes, exactly. When it's when it's on like computer or something like that, you can just like delete it Mm -hmm. or (laughs) or whatever. But yeah, once it's on paper, especially if it's in like a notebook or a planner, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to just ignore your own handwriting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What has been your biggest challenge as an entrepreneur? Hmm. Biggest challenge... I want to say in the beginning, it was learning social media marketing. Mm. I had no idea (laughs) like how much time and effort is needed to, um, I guess, build a brand presence on social. When I first started, I would get emails from people that were like, I don't know, like, oh, I'm a social media marketer, marketing manager or whatever you know, here's my cost to post X amount of times a day, blah, 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 and grow your following. And I'll look at the prices and I'm like, well, I live in Southern California. So I'm like, this is a whole month's rent or this is like mortgage. Like, and you want this every month? Like, I can't, no, I can't afford this. Yeah, (laughs) Like, this is crazy. And, but the more I learned about it, like just the planning, what kinds of posts your audience likes, like how to organically grow. I'm like, oh, like now I understand why people can charge this much because it's like literally a full-time job. Mm -hmm. But before I was like, no way I'm paying you like a whole month's rent just to do, you know, three little posts a day. I can do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Little did I know. Yeah. Yeah. A whole job. That involves being in front of your phone or your computer all day, every day. I feel like in order to plan that out super, super effectively, I don't have the know how to do that either. Yeah, it's a lot. Like I have to take, um, I usually take like Friday or Saturday nights to plan out my content for the following week. Um, and that takes about two hours. Mm-hmm. To stay off but yeah, it was challenging because you're posting and things and you're just like, well, how come I'm not growing or nobody's engaging? So then you have to pretty much go back to school and like do your research and learn about like this whole other science Mm -hmm. (laughs) called social media marketing. And so that was challenging because at the time I was focused on e-commerce. So I'm like, well, I'm not even making any sales. How am I going to be able to grow? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, now I'm going to pivot and do in-person events and like do pop-ups and stuff. And then even that starting out, I was barely making my table money back. So I'm like, I like the polish, but I keep going. Um, and when COVID hit, I'm like, all right, well, there's no event at all. Yeah. And so I got to go like hardcore e-com all the way well, that you're forced into it right right exactly <laughs> and sometimes that's good sometimes it's good to be forced into things because you can't keep putting it off like yeah. you just have to do it and so thankfully that that helped me in a sense because you know a lot of a lot of e-commerce has grown for so many businesses um and then again it forced me to really dive in although i was already learning like last year <laughs> Um, but it really, it really took a lot for me to be like, all right, let me like really hone in. And once you learn the hardest part is actually implementing Mm -hmm. what you're learning. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest, the page that you have on Instagram is beautiful. So to hear even that you've done all of that work to get it to where it's at and that you're still doing it, like kudos to you. I think it's amazing. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I look at it and I'm just like, wow, like it looks so pretty, but yeah, yeah to learn how to, to do that, um, took a lot of time mm. for just, um, trying different things over and over tweaking, taking classes, listening to people on live, like with their marketing strategies, just all of that. And I still do it. I'm not even an expert. I didn't go to school for that. Oh gosh. Not a- <laughs> nope. Okay, Jackie, I have three safe haven style questions for you. You ready? Okay, cool. Yes. Okay. What are you most proud of? I am most proud of building this business, to be honest, apart from, of course, my family and and that kind of stuff, but really just starting this business and growing it to what it is today, not having any interest in nail polish, like pretty much my whole life. And a year, a little over a year and three months later to have a nail polish business that is, that is growing and expanding as it is, it's just amazing. Yeah, good for you. Thank you. What do you want to be known for? I want to be known for giving back um, to my people and to my community. Uh, Continue to teach as I can people to start their own businesses and, um, you know, blaze their own path to financial freedom and legacy building for their families and, and their own generations to come. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Well, I love that you started that with giving back and everything about that answer is so heart driven and like helping teach people how to, to achieve that financial freedom on their own. Yes, exactly. Instead of it given, um, if you know how to do it yourself, then you can change your own life and then you can change others too. Mm -hmm. Oh, you make my heart melt. (laughs) And then if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be? My message would be to believe that you can achieve. Um, A lot of what we do every day is just steps of faith. And no matter what it is, it could be, I don't know, starting college and you're like, I want to be a doctor, but I got to go through this, you know, eight year program. Mm. (laughs) It's like, take that first step, believe that you're going to be a doctor and then just take the little steps to get there. Yeah, It could be anything. So yes, just believe and step out on faith and things will start to align as you do the work. You can't just believe in something and just sit there. It's not going to happen. Steps are necessary. (laughs) Yeah. You got to take those steps and just, you know, keep your head down and just focus on your goals and um, everything will start to align for you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you so much and your time. Thank you so, so much. You are very welcome. And I appreciate you having me on. I would love to chat again. Yes, definitely. I want to make sure that people know where to find you on social media. Yes, definitely. Um, on Facebook and Instagram at People of Color Beauty. Mm-hmm. And then our website is peopleofcolorbeauty.com as well. Beautiful. Okay, amazing. And I'll be sure to link that at the bottom so that people can find it easily. Yes. Thank you so much, Amanda. Jackie, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your entrepreneurial journey along with many other journeys with my listeners and I. I'm excited to watch people of color beauty grow and I can't wait to see how your girls inspire your products in the future. 
To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform, and I am committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart, inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag us so that we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, even better. That really helps this podcast grow. For other great podcasts, check out FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.